sorry, Chris, tell me that funny joke that you said. Well, so the only thing I have today is that I've recently learned that Randy Newman wrote a song insulting me and every other short person. <laughs> You're saying you uh, you take umbrage? Yeah. You can't just write a song shitting on somebody that trying you to be like anti-prejudice. You, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't listen to the end? It all, it all comes back yeah, around. Yeah, it's like, just like, me and you. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> you spent 45 minutes telling me my teeth were fucked up. He's <laughs> and now, and now you're getting to the he's end. He's throwing his arm around you. Yeah, you're, but, he's, you're, yeah you're, but he's like way taller than me, so he's making a point to have power over me. <laughs> all right, so today on Hot Button, we are going to talk about a little video game, appropriately and inappropriately called Super Columbine Massacre RPG. Exclamation point. Uh, one might say satirical role-playing game released in April of 05 for the PC, retelling, of course, the horrific murders that occurred at the Columbine High School near Littleton, Colorado. For those just in case unfamiliar with the tragedy, on the morning of April 20th, 1999, at around 11.19 a.m., two senior students, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, shot and killed 12 students and one teacher in cold blood before taking their own lives in what at the time was considered the deadliest school shooting to ever take place in the history of the United States. That record sadly being broken again and again years later. Yeah. Um, but this event, uh, this was the first time most people ever saw anything like this, really. Uh, the rise of available news coverage around the massacre went on to spark numerous debates across the country. Topics about gun control, bullying, the overuse of prescribed medicines were finally being discussed in a near endless amount of outlets. Uh, however, this was also this also very much came with its fair share of total bullshit as well. Complete moral panic over high school cliques and goth culture was at a new all-time high. Suddenly, all social outcasts were now being seen as potentially dangerous everywhere. Perhaps most disgusting, though, uh, was the misinformation and finger-pointing becoming absolutely rampant. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't long until the blame reached violent movies, music, and most notably for our show, of course... Video games. Um, I'm Randall Beatrice, and thank you for sticking with me on that longer intro there. I'm here today, as always, with Austin Blakesley Yo. and Chris Anatuano. What up? And uh, who's ready to have yet another conversation about free speech and censorship? I was going to make a 420 joke when you said one Columbine it happened. Happen I felt 40. like that would have been in bad taste. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess we'll try our best to... Obviously, we'll try our we, best. We like to bring humor to these situations, and this is like a tough topic to begin with. Like, yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, uh, bear with us. If anything's too inappropriate, just tweet me or something. <laughs> I don't know. That'll go well. But we'll, you <laughs> I'm know. sure you won't tweet back with a joke. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Super Columbine Massacre RPG. I have to say that full title every time because it always gets me. The naming convention obviously being a parody of old Super Nintendo games. Uh, this is certainly a strange one. Uh, I'm going to try and run us through just what this thing was before actually getting into the development and the obvious controversial release of it. But first, um, just want to ask you guys a little bit. I think I actually brought this up before we started recording, but neither of you guys have played it, correct? No. And it, no. You have watched footage of it now. I think, yes. Chris, you just pulled stuff up a little bit before. Yeah, I was just looking at it yeah, a yeah. little bit. Um, I've heard of it, but I've never seen anything Right, yeah. It, I was like, do you guys remember the release of this at, at all? Yes. Yeah, it, it did... It, it kind of broke out there a little bit, which is funny because this was one of those examples of, I guess I was 16 at the time of seeing the news report on it and then being like, I got to go download that because I wanted to know what it was. I was 14. Yeah, another classic example yeah. of the news trying to hate on something, but really I, just bring I, more you people might, you to might play get, You might get to this later on in your script. Yeah. 
but I'm pretty sure this game came out on the sixth anniversary of Columbine, it did. right? Yes. So it was yeah. April 20th, 2005, 2005, which was like right before my 15th birthday. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I so Now, I, I didn't finish it. I did download it and try and play it on an old computer. I I think Matt Nudaboom also played it, mm. uh, the brother of a uh, guest that was on here. I think he... I don't know if he finished it. He may have finished it. It's actually... Like, it takes about three and a half hours to complete the game itself. I don't think it's incredibly difficult, but I'm, but I, I Not can't say I remember. In, in Not difficult ways. in terms of, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was similar. I, I, you guys saw the, the footage, I'm sure. So it's, it's similar in look and style to many Japanese RPGs of the mid 90s. It looks yeah. identical to Stardew, Stardew Valley. Valley. I mean, yeah, yeah it's like, got like the same exact sprite style. It does. Yeah. I think, um, the slight overhead perspective and like the UI and menus and everything were apparently heavily influenced by Square's Final Fantasy oh, of course. 6. That which, makes yeah, sense. He said, which, I think he was. Sidebar, wouldn't it be crazy if Stardew Valley was like this beautiful, like happy game, but I like, somehow <laughs> turned into, this into a mass shooting? <laughs> that was DLC. That came out later. Yeah. So I, you heard it here first. Stardew Valley's beautiful r- art style ripped off. directly from <laughs> Super Columbine Massacre RPG. <laughs> Man, Hot what take. if the, the same sprites? <laughs> it, it looks like it. It, it does. Do, it really does. Like, yeah. I cannot emphasize enough how much this looks exactly like, <laughs> like Stardew, Stardew Valley. Valley. <laughs> I know. Um, in my research, it said that it was built in uh, AC ASCII. ASCII two Game Maker two thousand. But you were saying, according to its site, it's actually made an RPG Maker. Yeah, that's, one of the that's RPG the makers. Japanese company that made RPG Maker. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and as you pointed out, like it, it, it featured environments and character sprites that were deliberately reminiscent of 16-bit era games that you might see on a Super Nintendo, Genesis, Turbo Graphics, kind of that era. Also, fun fact: ASCII stands for the American Standard Code for Informational Interchange. I think. Weird. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I'll that, I'll take your word. That's the one. You could have told me that stood for anything. When <laughs> Shake my head. It's when people make Not art that. out of like slashes and at signs. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask oh art. shit. Okay. okay. That, all right. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be on the internet back in the day. Mm-hmm. All, get all your rafflecopter jokes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, though, although contrasted to these graphics, the game also had digitized photographs from the actual school and shooting as well, as and, and along with like voice samples from news reports. And I thought this was kind of funny. I don't know if, if the sound was on when, when you were looking up footage no. of this. It also featured um, MIDI versions of licensed songs from, like, alternative grunge bands of the 90s, like, like Nirvana and Smashing Pumpkins and Radiohead. And Did it have a MIDI version like of Creep? <laughs> This is, this is important. It, it might have been. I don't know. I feel know. like those guys probably like the song Creep a lot. <laughs> they, pro- they probably did. I, I actually am not sure which Radiohead song. I know I, I know Smells Like Teen Spirit is like the first track. When, I know. When of it, course when it, it When it opens. Now, as far as actual gameplay goes, you do assume the roles of both Eric and Dylan together on the day of the attacks through the story. And it also takes the player through like various flashback sequences of their past life experiences. And then leading up to the shooting and and bizarrely enough after their suicide into a fictionalized future of their venture into hell i don't know if you saw that far into yeah i saw pictures <laughs> okay did you that. see yeah that's They're like fighting it, demons yeah yeah it gets very it gets very I, strange i did not know that no? no yeah it it it's extremely it's strange it's it's very bizarre and and saying that i this game does have a very like wry sense of black humor around it Mm-hmm. Um, with a lot of the, like, the pickups and various Easter eggs hidden around the levels were, like, also partnered with this very quirky kind of referential writing. 
<laughs> like an example I can give is like you find a Marilyn Manson CD and like the, the yeah. caption underneath is just like, like it gives you instills violence or something yeah, in your soul or some yeah, weird shit like that. It's yeah. ve- it's I don't want to say tongue in cheek makes it sound lighter in tone, but it's it is very like <laughs> it kind of seems like a like a direct like mocking of what everybody thought. Yes, the consequences. Exactly. Are. Yeah. You know I mean? Which but, like is the part of the game I actually like. Like yeah. I think that's that's kind of clever. Also, what's funny is that the game itself is actually not particularly violent in its content. Like despite the grim premise, obviously in setting, but like it's it, the even its first person view in in combat was fairly tame by, like, 2005 standards, I guess. Well, you know, yeah, like, I mean, if it's made on RPG Maker, the older versions of that game, you didn't have, like... No, there's not. There's, there's no, no real like, animation yeah, or anything. It's all just, like, you're looking at an imp, a sprite of a character, and it might move, or there yeah, might be, like, a, a, exactly. like, some sort of, like, you know, action on the yes, screen or yeah, something Yeah, there like is that. blood on the, so, the sprites. It's kind of crude looking, but... It's, not to cut you off, no, but no, I think you're I good. found a YouTube playlist of the songs. Oh, of the featured. MIDI songs from it? Yeah. What's on it? I'm very curious. Uh, Marilyn Manson's Sweet Dreams... <laughs> Okay, the cover? Uh, a Depeche Mode cover by Ramstein. Uh, huh, that's interesting. Stripped? Uh, Strip? I don't know. That's what it says. Closer by Nine Inch Nails. The yep. Perfect Drug by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, uh, 1979 highways, by The Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, I love that song. New Order by Blue Monday. What? Wait, the, you mean Blue Monday by New Order. Right, sorry. Uh, yeah. They, they flipped the word. This sounds great. I need to listen to this playlist uh, now. This sounds great. Marilyn Manson, Rock is Dead. I don't think I got the this The Dope far. Show, Beautiful People. Yeah, I remember that. I remember March that. of the Pigs by Nine Inch Nails. I remember a lot. Zero by Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness by Smashing Pumpkins. Very much leading into the goth subculture. Fake here. Plastic Trees and Creep by Radiohead. Okay. Yeah, uh, E1M1 from Doom. Yes, yeah, that's uh, when you Dr. get into Wiley hell. Wiley stage for Mega Man 2. <laughs> yeah, that's also in hell. Uh, Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. The End is the Beginning is the End by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, Bullet with Butterfly Wings Jesus. by Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> Lithium, Rape Me, and Smells Like Team Spirit by Nirvana. I think this is part of the reason why some of this was hard to do, like, uh-huh. distribute as Do well. Host by Rammstein. <laughs> uh, a couple more Doom songs. The End by The Doors. The Man Who Sold the World, Nirvana cover. Yep. Uh, and then Imagine by John Lennon. <laughs> That that's a kind of a left field one this there. Is a, this is all the only evidence I could find was somebody made a YouTube playlist. There's no written list of the soundtrack. It's about three hours. So I don't know yeah, how, true, that <laughs> how is. true this is. Take this take this with a okay. grain of salt. But that sounds I remember like it. some of those explicitly. Other ones I don't. Uh, I feel like I would have remembered Blue Monday being in there. But so I guess like talking about the violence of the game kind of brings us to the battle system, which is, you know, it's triggered after encountering enemies, kind of like traversing the game's open levels. It's very similar. It, it follows in the footsteps of other several popular JRPGs, kind of like Chrono Trigger or even Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're not necessarily random, but it is kind of like tap into somebody in the environment, and then it'll mm-hmm. trigger the the swirl yeah. into the battle system. Because otherwise, I think you can avoid you can avoid people. These run-ins would often just label these characters by stereotype or occupation. Characters would be labeled like preppy girl or jock type and, you know, or janitor or math teacher or English teacher or whatever. So, like, nobody was, like, explicitly named. And these fights uh, would then have two play styles, autoplay and manual play. Autoplay would apparently choose the first available weapon for you to use while manual allowed the player to decide what they wanted. This included hand-to-hand weapons, guns, explosives. They all had their own numbers and stats. Same for the characters as well. You would level up. 
it's this is so weird like just yeah. talking about like the just because I'm sure and I'm sure myself included when I heard the title that this game existed when I was 15 I don't even know how well the news outlets reported on it but I, I probably just assumed it was an action game or a first person shooter or something despite the fact that it has RPG in the name of the, the, the thing but once the battle started it was impossible to, ex- uh, to avoid or escape the fight the player must defeat the enemy or die uh, each encounter also featured text narration of all the events and actions just like little Final Fantasies. Didn't it say like another victory for the trench yes. coat mafia whenever you want to fight? <laughs> that was I remember of, that. Yeah, that was that was a very famous thing <sighs> yeah. for the game. Uh, <laughs> um, the actual plot, uh, and I have that in quotes of the game, is very interesting because most of it is constructed around the event precisely as they are believed to have occurred with lines of the shooter's dialogue often being lifted verbatim from their own writings and like the home videos of each other hanging out like and while other conversations were based on eyewitness testimonies as well as like purposeful urban legends which is kind of like that's what we were you or you were mentioning sorry earlier about how it's like kind of making fun of like what people thought as well So when you say yeah. purposeful you mean they, they purposefully included urban legends to kind of say how stupid they were yes okay yeah they are they're very much kind of like throwing blatant mistruths in there as a I guess joke but also to kind of tie into the message okay a little bit about blame but the story and not to like you know I guess I'll run through a little bit of the actual I'm going to run through the story of the game itself, and and some of it is very much tied to actual events, but then, you know, there'll be very specific points where it'll splinter off Mm -hmm. into its own insane thing. But the game itself begins as Eric Harris's mother wakes him up on the morning of April 20th, 1999. Uh, Eric then calls Dylan, and the the pair later meet in his basement to plot a series of bombings around the school that will precede their planned shooting, as people remember. Um, Yeah, which is what actually happened. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the the two uh, reminisce about the bullying they experienced at Columbine High, which uh, I will point out right now was very much later proven to not be true in real life. Uh, yeah. For anyone out there still believing in the martyr lie and narrative around that, I think we might honestly be safe enough. I think this is almost like it's it's, it's known fucked now. Up as this sounds, yeah. it's kind of buried. It is, yeah, and especially in 2005, that was that a lot of that was still out there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, it's kind of insane. I, I think a lot of people probably probably still believe still believe that. that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm that sure them being bullied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that yeah. was the motif. <laughs> Just so we're clear, they were the bullies. Yes. Yeah, nobody's ever Very really put so. together a strong narrative about that story. I I, I don't want to promote another. Podcast. I know, but it, it, it's a it's a brilliant episode. Yeah, it's yeah, a two parter. Yeah, as well. honestly, yeah, listen to the, the LP on podcast. the left versions yeah. of Columbine. It's really good information. They yeah. do a great job of summing up that story. They dive very deep into it too, uh, about like in into who they were into, and not yeah, who exactly. people thought I mean, honestly, they were. Most of what I know going into this episode. Is from, is that, from that totally. So, yeah. That's why it's like reading this is really fascinating because this the the creator of this game we will get into later like very much believed in this this in them being the disenfranchised. Yeah. While I'm sure not knowing the stories that they went to football games and hung out with pretty girls and harassed kids and called people faggots and yeah, exactly. yeah and like and it, yeah they were pieces of shit. They were talking about all these experiences, which, uh, yeah, <laughs> along with their rage at, at those perceived to be their tormentors in, right. the, in the game. Um, so that was very much them putting blame on teachers, parents, you know, everything. They both, them, they both then make a video apologizing to their parents, asking them to not blame themselves for what will follow, which uh, I believe is also a pretty blatant lie due to the 
I mean, yeah. I mean, for the purpose of the game, maybe I don't. It's hard to tell. Like I was going to ask you the about satire, that. The satire, the satire, like this, is so difficult to read for some people. Like, uh, is that video real? That's not real, right? No, I they don't believe so. They didn't make a video. They did apologize. make videos, but they were uh, they were. I don't think they made one apologize. No, I, I, I very much don't think that that's true. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. I, I I can't say with certainty, but hearing and reading the transcripts from the other videos that they did, it would be really hard to believe if that was. Oh yeah, that's why I was going to ask about. Yeah. It. And if they did, I not that that changes anything, but I'm I'm sure even that could have been contextually different than what yeah. he's saying it is in this game. This is sorry. This is a hard episode to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, like though doing this video if it, if it's fictional in this in this game may have also just been a little bit of insight more into the mind of the game's creator than them because he he does kind of put a lot of himself into this story as well, not literally, just you know metaphorically. But anyway, after this, the two kids then collect their guns and pipe bombs along with the duffel bag of ammunition and other weapons and leave home. It then cuts to both Eric and Dylan outside the school where the player guides them to the cafeteria to plant the timed propane bombs without being detected by security cameras or hall monitors. Just a fun little stealth section, I guess, for you there. After the explosives are then set, the two stop for a moment on a hillside back out Side the school facing this, like, uh, where they discuss their alienation and hostility against the world. Again, there's a lot of, like, poetic talk in this game, and it's really hard to tell if it's meant to be like, funny. It, if the yeah. guy meant it to be like, look at these idiots, or if he, like, kind of idolized yes. these two. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. I don't know. It's very hard to tell. And, and, there, and, and I'll get, when I get into him, that's where the story gets really bizarre, because I still can't tell, even uh, after he explains it. Okay. But, uh, I mean, he, he the creator does exp- like very much say that he sees himself in these kids, but then he also deflects their motives in the way, which is where the satire comes from. So it's, it's not like a sides thing. It's, this is just a very weird experiment. But uh, the, the bombs then fail to explode, of course, as what happened in the true story, and then they descend on the school to murder as many people as they can. The amount of just how many people you kill is up to the player. Like I said earlier, you could dodge encounters or, you know, like go confront every sprite wandering the environment. After roaming around the building, accomplishing all the in-game goals, you then end up at the library where the largest portion of the massacre took place. Once completing that screen... Eric and Dylan commit suicide in what is probably the most graphic part of the game, a montage of clips pop up showing their actual corpses. Jesus. Um, as well as other photographs of students comforting each other and also with childhood photos of the two gunmen themselves. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's kind of... Uh, it, it's, no, no, no. it's pretty spine-chilling. Uh, and, and I was very surprised about... like I mean, the... the the, the photos are from the 90s, so that you know it's like blown up. It's but it's, it's you see everything. They, those photos are out there, regardless. Uh, yeah. Then then here's where things start to get weird, and this will, this part will probably be easier for us to joke about. The I second, can see some names coming. Yes. Out. I got some jokes. <laughs> the second half of the game finds the pair alone in hell. I think in the beginning you're separated, but once the, you re, you're reunited, they then profess their enthusiasm for finally being given the opportunity to live out their favorite video game, Doom. This is where I guess that theme you mentioned earlier starts playing. They combat demons and monsters from the the game Doom for a while, complete with like accurate sprites from that game and all, before then finding themselves at the quote Isle of Lost Souls. <laughs> and Jesus. here here they meet fictional characters such as get ready for this list, Pikachu, Bart Simpson, Mega Man, and Mario. 
What did Mario do to go to hell? <laughs> as well as real personalities, including J. Robert Oppenheimer, John Benet Ramsey, Malcolm X, Ronald Reagan, and John Lennon. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Most what of them deserve to go. The, most, the inventor of the atomic bomb. <laughs> yeah. It may, yeah. Most of them deserve to go to hell. Yeah. I, I can get behind Reagan. I don't. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe John not Lennon. Ma- kind of some stuff came out too that he maybe was maybe not, not Malcolm X. No, I don't know what Malcolm X did. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Mario. Not that I don't, I don't know well, what Mega Man did. He went to a different hell than white dude school shooter hell. In, in, implying that Pikachu and Bart Simpson are also demons. I think. Mega Man's a robot. Yeah. So you're saying he doesn't have a soul? Yeah, but Nick is also a convicted rapist. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. You apologize to Capcom right now. And All right, so after that, they deliver a copy of... Uh, can you pronounce that for me? I know it's Friedrich Nietzsche, but what's... The- I have no... Eke homo? I'm sure that's going to be wrong. I just wanted them to make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, they d- send all complaints to they, they deliver Pat a Austin copy. Blakesley they d- on Twitter. I had the I, writing this was I knew this was going to be a nightmare when I got this part. Uh, so they they deliver a copy of that novel to uh, to Friedrich Nietzsche before then fighting the South Park design of Satan. Okay. Yeah. Upon their victory, Satan congratulates them for their deeds. Then the game's final scene returns back to the high school where a press conference is being held to address the murders. Some of the dialogue here appears precisely as it was spoken after the actual event, while other lines caricature the political forces at work in the aftermath. The conference brings up the idea of gun control advocacy and religious fundamentalism before then shifting to the media's amplification of Marilyn Manson and video games as being culpable in the shooting. Hold on. And that's the game. What? Oh, are you going to... Are... Got it right. Yeah, all right. I'm, <laughs> pr- I'm proud of you. <laughs> I pronounced Nietzsche right, though. Yeah, she did. Yeah, so... Also, I'm sorry to Capcom. Mega Man isn't a convicted rapist. <laughs> Allegedly. Just, my documents, he was alleged. He was caught up in all that Catholic Church stuff that happened. <laughs> uh, so... It was also the words said to Jesus by Pontius Pilate before killing him. <laughs> It is Latin for uh, <laughs> "Behold the man." Okay, so as you guys can see in this description, uh, running you through that whole experience, that it takes a hard turn at one point to maybe be a little more reveals itself a little more of what it it is than maybe how it starts. But um, that that final section is all over the fucking place, man. <laughs> like. Yeah. You talk about like it being hard to tell this dude this dude's intentions. It's like they went to hell and it's like, all right, so I guess he believes they're evil and then like Bart Simpson and Pikachu were there and yeah. Malcolm X. They and then he's meeting with Nietzsche yeah. and then killing Satan and you're like, What is happening? Yeah. It's the, Which it's, side are this you is, on? It's a very <laughs> schizophrenic experience. Yeah. And maybe that's kind of the point. The point as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so now that now that I like everybody sat through that whole uh, nightmare of a description, this may be easier to talk about or harder. I don't know. We're going to talk a little bit just about the background of of how this got basically made. So. The game was developed, designed, written, and distributed all by one person. Uh, this creator's name was uh, Danny Ladone. Now he chose to stay anonymous at the time a decision he later said to have regretted as he claimed that it created the impression that he wanted to hide from those who actually wanted to engage him in a meaningful way. Yeah. Because he, he regularly... Which, unless you're developing this game to engage in a meaningful way, 
<laughs> there's no reason to make it. I mean, that's just my opinion. Sure. No, yeah. I mean, and you, I do you think right, satire yeah. is engaging in a meaningful way. Yes, totally. Because so, that's the thing. He regularly liked to participate in discussions online on message boards with other, with gamers, developers, and even critics. And, and apparently, like, from what I've read, he was very, like, Fun to have those conversations with. I Maybe mean, fun's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Like he was, he, he was, he, he wasn't was friendly. Your typical and, online debater. No, he was, he was, he was friendly and like to actually have those discussions quite a bit. And and apparently he was very like well spoken and and like understood. A constructive and, debate. In a constructive kind of? debateful way. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about Danny just to give us a, a touch of more background. But if you want to know more about him as like an individual, as a person, then there, there I do recommend that there's a, there's a documentary out there called Playing Columbine about him and the game itself. And I, I think he produced it because uh, I get into that a little bit later when he meets a filmmaker. But it dives much more into detail about who he is than the, the small rundown I'm kind of going to give here. But uh, and, so Danny, and, and this is, I'm just going to just do a little summary here just because I think it's interesting to get into the mind of the person who made it because you talked about how much of a clusterfuck that is so it's just kind of like I think this makes this more fascinating but Danny uh, at the time he made this was he was a student and independent filmmaker and often stated that the Columbine shootings resonated with him because he himself had once been a loner misfit and bullied kid in high school just like the shooters except mm. Ugh, yep. see that sorry sentence. Danny you're, his heart's in the right place <laughs> but you know the actual Eric and Dylan weren't any of those things well also it doesn't mean like your heart's you can't These say are his your hearts words. in the yeah, yeah. But you can't say your hearts with people or yeah you can't say like you're with them oh yeah I'm, I know I, I it, sympathize yeah. for these people who uh, yeah you know, it's like even if that, even if that was true that's still not the right thing somebody to say who was bullied in <laughs> yeah. high school. Yeah, yeah, and middle for school real. and elementary school never idolize somebody who did something like no. this. No, no, absolutely not. Uh, now the and, I, and I'm not saying this in defense of him at all, yeah. but I will say like it's interesting to see how much like goth culture is changed and just like loner and misfit culture in general. It, it if is. If you know what I mean, yeah. Like it's, I I think I said this recently. I I, I went back and reread Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, which mm-hmm. came out in the '90s, and boy, does that not fucking hold up at all. It, it it's like the equivalent of watching Natural Born Killers now, and yeah. like because there were people that like were super into that shit because they're just like the world's against me. Everyone's an idiot but me, and some finally somebody gets it, you know. And it's yeah, just like that's it's, what Rick and Morty is for now. I don't think the thinking around that is that dangerous, but I do understand what you mean. Uh, I mean, that, that, that shit's incredibly cynical. Maybe in 10 years, we're going to be like looking yeah, back at that in a different way. Plus, yeah, but, you need a much higher IQ to understand Rick yeah, and Morty. It's true. Which is none of us or our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's the if anything, and we talked about this obviously. But if anything, like they were probably much more likely to be the people responsible for the bullying than those like him. You know, like that's that's kind of the irony of this whole thing. Making that experience as awful as it was, you know, like it's it's he's aligning with the wrong thing. But yeah. I understand why he would be believed to think that way because of the narrative. Like yeah, because of, uh, of how it was reported. Well, it was reported like that for a long time. Yeah, we all fell for the lie at some point. I'm sure. You know, like it, it's right. And, but the distinction there is that, like, again, I'm just saying it's time some, for the right information to finally get out. Who there. was a bullied loner? 
Yeah. And it's like, I never liked these guys because... No, I never did A, either. I never yeah. wanted to do anything like that, and B, they gave me a bad name. Yeah. yeah. Like, before Columbine That's happened, true. I was the weird, quiet kid, and after Columbine happened, I was like the d- dangerous, crazy, oh, totally. weird, quiet I, kid. I, I, I was, I was, I was like, making, I don't want to do anything. Just I was making sketchings of whatever, and yeah. I I liked, I wore dark clothes for a while. Like, it's, it's, but, you know, it's... Tight nerd. <laughs> <laughs> and I also liked video games like they did. Yeah. I was actually because they were big fans of the Matrix, which I also liked, and industrial music, which no. I also liked. So <laughs> you're telling me that their love of trench coats came from the Matrix? <laughs> I don't buy it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Danny was also a big Kubrick fan, and his death in spring of '99 also affected him, of course. <laughs> of course. Claiming that upon viewing A Clockwork Orange, terrible film, sorry, Danny, he <laughs> discovered that that film could comment on culture. That I agree with, I guess. Like, yeah. Yeah, you agree he with did. the idea that Clockwork Orange was a comment on No, culture? no, I, I, was, I was agreeing with his discovery that films are able to do that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you remember uh, the part in Clockwork Orange where they pinned the guy's eyes open and made him watch propaganda? <laughs> Man, I saw that and I was like, what? I, I can't believe there was, uh, there was a time where people thought that movie was subtle. But, <laughs> yeah. But whatever. Now, now, what I don't necessarily feel good about are uh, his his further are his quotes about himself in relation to the shooters, which we already touched upon. But just to I'm going to I'm just going to say this verbatim. So getting it out there, he said things like once he learned more and more about them, he felt like he was looking in a mirror and didn't I know and didn't want the same fate for himself. Kind of scary. Yeah. I like I understand what he's trying to say about the feeling of being lonely or disenfranchised in school. I think we all do. We all do, yeah. I'm sure, but this is what I was talking about with how those false narratives how how dangerous they can be once they get out there. Of course. Yeah. Um, and he's also probably I, survived. I feel like I keep reiterating the same point, but it's just I can't emphasize enough mm-hmm. uh, how much to hammer that in. But regardless, he still channeled this revelation into something creative and not as heinous, of course, and began to explore other hobbies uh, and see a therapist. He was also into martial arts. He studied film further. I think he majored in in it at uh, Emerson College and got into editing, forming his own production company titled uh, Emberwild Productions, I think. Is that what it's called? Which he mostly used for putting uh, wedding uh, videos together, like for hire. So... That's a constructive way to, uh, after yeah. you said that you could potentially be a school shooter, that's a very mm-hmm. nice way of dealing with it. He also, by the way, he graduated from Alamosa High School, also located in Colorado, with a 4.0 grade point average and was voted most likely to succeed by his peers, which I find interesting that he claimed to be... Disenfranchised? Yeah. And then was voted one of the superlatives at high yeah. school? Yeah. Yeah, hmm. I don't think we talked about how our reunion was last year, and I don't think anybody would like remembered me. Like yeah. it's like I feel like that's it like <laughs> I still hang out with the people that know who I am now or knew who I was then. All that aside, the real meat of our story begins in 04 when Danny discovered a little program called RPG Maker. One of the things that it's most famous for is it allows a developer to create, like, to basically they add their own images, text, and objectives to design. A game uh, and 
with the game itself, with the program itself, RPG Maker doing most of the actual programming, correct? Is that kind of yeah? More, yeah. yeah. RPG it's Maker like a, was awesome. like a drag yeah. and drop kind of yeah. Thing. yeah. But it yeah, also yeah. had a whole scripting yeah right thing too because I okay. believe uh, you could make triggers Charles and stuff Barkley in Shut Up and Jam Guy Dem was made on RPG Maker yeah. really? but he <laughs> okay. used a lot of scripting to like okay you could do yeah, more yeah. with it if you want to also but if, you want to talk about eight bit versions of songs. <clears throat> yeah, the what? fucking the title song to "Shut Up and Jam yeah. Guy Dead" is <laughs> the greatest video game song ever made. <laughs> yeah. Look it up if you haven't heard it. It's, <laughs> okay. it's like a also if you like don't know about that game, look it up and play yeah. it. It's incredible. Okay. It's like an eight-bit remix of the Space Jam song. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> Um, all right, so Danny always wanted to make a game throughout his childhood, but uh, never had the technical knowledge that I totally relate with. I do. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he thought RPG Maker may finally allow him to fulfill that ambition. He then shortly after decided on the Columbine shootings as the setting for the game because he wanted to try and explore just why exactly they occurred. Though, yeah, I feel like you could have done a little more research, but... See, okay, this is what fucking irks me. I out. know. This is where like, it gets it more right, though, where he also tries to refute the pervasive myths Around the alleged role that video yeah. game stunts stuff played in the massacre, trying like I think he lines. wants too much. To be honest, like, yeah, you can't say that you relate to shooters, but then also be like, I want to make a game that tries to explore this. It, in it's a, a little all way. over the place. Yeah, it is a little all over the place I, because there's a proper way and an improper way. It's, to It's go hard about to these tell things. what his actual vision was because by the time like I, I watched a playthrough and like by the time you get to the end you're just kind of shrugging your shoulders because you're overwhelmed with not knowing how to feel. Because there yeah. are very specific parts of the game where I'm like, I that's a good message, or that's funny, and then I'm like, that's fucked up. I don't agree with that. I don't even understand what this means. Like, that's confusing. Like, it's, it's real yeah. all over. Uh, yeah, I think, honestly, like, we've talked about this before, the idea of there's a proper way and an improper way to handle violence and if, if you want to go back and listen to our Call of Duty uh, No Russian episode right, there's a yeah, lot of talk sure. on there about that yeah that's why uh, like so, well, you, and, and you're right totally and, and, and here's the other thing too is it's like he also his fascination with the the event itself did not go unnoticed because he paid ridiculous attention to detail because he got photos of the actual school, I don't know if off the school's websites or stuff, uh, stuff like that, to like make a lot of the environments. And but he also gave players access to the the same inventory that both the gunmen had on their yeah, actual I rampage. Yeah, saw that. Yeah, he watched videos. He read newspaper articles. He said he poured over a thousand or eleven thousand pages of documents that were released by the government regarding the massacre and the killers. Which you'd think that maybe he would have found some more accurate information by doing that, but I know that can be pretty difficult too. But uh, I can't imagine many people wanting to work with him on this, so he, I'm sure he did too. it by himself. Like, I'm sure at that time... How do you find that? How do you find that? I think that's still an early... Public records. ...days, honestly, like... 2005, yeah, or 2004, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. still kind of early days. Like, maybe a lot of that stuff was still needed to be found and compiled yeah. in different ways. And if ways, you're going by you know newspaper, I mean? so they are going to be biased, for sure. I want... How old was this guy in 2004? Do we know? College film student? Said he was a student, in yeah, in college. So anywhere from 18 to dead. <laughs> Annie Ladone was born in 1982. Okay, so math. he's 36, 27 20, now. 22, 23, so... That sounds about right. No, he would have been right. at the end of college when he made this. Okay. Okay. All right, yeah, that, no, that aligns. I mean... I'm just curious, like... Because like we we're talking about him in high school, like being a loner and relating to all these people. Yeah, and he was super interested in Columbine, but like he was an adult when he well, made yeah. it. Yeah, I, but he was also would have if he's eighty two, he would have graduated in ninety nine or two thousand. Yes, around so the he would have been a senior. I think he was the same age as him. 
But like, <clears throat> what's interesting too is like he, I don't know if he chose to work alone or if that just made it easier because if it's like, you know, I don't think he, I don't think he wanted to go against his entire personal philosophy of the story he wanted to tell, whether that makes sense to us or not. I don't think yeah. he wanted anyone else's input on where he wanted the game That's to go. Fair. Well, yeah, which is which is fair, but it's it's still not like it was. It's kind of biographical to him as well as the the actual shooters in a way. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, you know, it's art for better or worse. I'll say that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, now this is where uh, many people kind of become conflicted on the message, but th- but what's interesting is this is actually the part that I I don't want to say like like it's hard to. You know what I mean? But this is the part that I think I appreciate the most. But during development, this is when he kind of started to add much more of a satirical tone to it, criticizing subjects varying from the public uh, reactions of the event to just stereotypical role-playing video game tropes, which you pointed out upon winning a fight, the message would just play saying another victory for the Trenchcoat Mafia. I think that's kind of funny, but like, you know, it, it feels strange to laugh at, but like, I just mean like, I understand that tone more than I understand like, yeah, you know, it can be funny. What's it the, can be the funny. Tragedy plus, what is it? Time. Tragedy makes, equals comedy. I think it's tragedy plus time. <laughs> equals yeah, tragedy plus tragedy time comedy equals plus, comedy plus, comedy plus tragedy division. equals time. <laughs> Tragedy um, is fun. It's comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, this all goes, any of the subtlety, of course, goes out the window with the hell segment, you know, considering how the, for lack of a better word, all the wacky characters that are yeah, kind of inserted. Know, the wacky thing. characters like Bart Simpson and J. Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, people don't know this about him, but he was a big prankster. That's a sitcom I would watch. Yeah, he wrote a skateboard, had a... Thing in his Who, pocket. Oppenheimer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nuclear physics. He developed a slingshot. He developed the atom bomb and said, I corrupt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So skipping forward a little bit, some months go by, and he finishes the game, uh, eventually releasing it, as Austin said, on April 20th, 2005, the sixth anniversary of the shooting. Places. And Hitler's birthday. Yeah. Um, what? No joke for that? Go, go, go Nazi! <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted that out. <laughs> and uh, and he distributed it as freeware, um, hosted for download on their own website. Uh, although there were one dollar donations being requested to help with bandwidth costs, and you, I think you pulled up the the website right before we started this. I the, did. the The look and design of the website, which Chris, you should go to it. It looks like. Hold on, I'll show Chris in a okay, second. Okay, yeah, it looks like it was. And again, going with the theme of I can't tell what's intentional and what's not, it looks like it was designed in the 90s. It, it kind of looks like the Heaven's oh, Gate does. website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like it. it is very, it's almost kind of creepy yeah. just because of the, but it also makes me laugh because it's like, like it's red text on a black background and everything. Right. Like it's, you, wanna, you want me to try to set the record for most fucked up joke in this episode? Okay. You can tell when he's, when he stopped updating the site. Because he has statements on various school shootings Ooh. on this website, but they stop. What's the most recent shooting uh, that's on there? There's no joke here. I, I know, but you're prepared just in case. I think it's Virginia Tech. That was 2007? That was 2007. Well, at least they stopped since then. Uh, when was... <laughs> When was the Dawson College shooting? Is that the one in Canada? Hold on. Because that's going to get referenced in here, actually, explicitly. Yeah. 
that that gets uh, tied into that this. That was 2006. Okay. So 2007, I think. There's probably the last a reason why he, he logged that because that actually ties into our story okay. in, a, in a. Maybe he just tied in the ones that are the most relevant, but like, yeah, the the joke here being that like there have been a lot yeah. of school shootings since VTech. Yes. And last year, and I'm sure probably this year. I have, I don't know. It gets harder and harder to read that stuff. All right, so back into the development of this. He also stated around this time that this was the first game he ever did, and he has no future plans to ever try and create another. Oh, and uh, remember that whole anonymous thing earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that didn't really last long before his Danny's identity was revealed by a man named Roger Kovacs, a friend of one of Columbine's unfortunate victims, Rachel Scott, who was the first person to be killed in the initial shooting. Roger found this out by donating to the site via PayPal, showing his name and address. Before this, our creator went by the alias Columban. Clever, I guess. Um, that makes sense, because all the stuff I just read on that website was signed Columban. Columban. And then there's an artist statement <clears throat> on here, and it says, at the bottom it says, Danny Ladone, a.k.a. Columban. Columban. There you go. So. Uh, but at least he did own up to this uh, right after this, uh, which... I guess speaks more for a lot of the controversies we've talked about. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, dude. He said that's I, he said quote that's when I decided that I had to grow a backbone and stand up for my own creation. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so the game initially got some attention, I think in its first year being up, it was it was at around 10,000 downloads, but it wasn't until a year later when the press finally discovered it. And similar to our GTA mod, like our hot coffee episode, that only spread it way yeah. beyond. Mm-hmm. So in April of 06, uh, oh, it's a year almost, after its, it's release. It's kind of a little bit allegorical to an actual school shooting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that like, because I, I think that was probably around the time I heard of it too. I, I, don't, I don't think I just, I mean, I played a lot of Flash games and stuff like that. So maybe I did play it before it was, but I, I do remember the news Running away with this. Uh, in, in April of 06, uh, Patrick Dugan of the site uh, Game of Sutra wrote about the game after playing it, and he even met Danny at, a, at GDC in San Jose, where he was able to kind of get a table with little pushback at the time. Impressed, Dugan sent an email to his professor at the Georgia Institute of Technology who blogged about the game, garnering more attention and downloads. However, the game didn't really explode out into the wild until a writer named Brian Crescente of popular gaming news site that we have brought up on here several times before, Kotaku, and the Rocky Mountain News interviewed that professor, Ian Bogust. After this, the Associated Press picked up the story even further, and with other mainstream media getting it soon after, and boom, there you go. An instant controversial hit for the ages were on his hands. Yeah. Uh, those 10,000 downloads quickly became 30,000. 8,000 more coming in each day. He shifted hosting off the site at this time while providing links instead, and then this soon became over 400,000 downloads. Not bad for like a, you know, online... Yeah, like flash game. Yeah. Um, RPG maker game. Yeah. The old days of downloading executables. But that is where we are going to leave our story for today. Uh, so yeah, I know this one certainly got a little real at times, and honestly, it's probably going to get even more so for our part two. But please join us next week where we're going to talk about the reaction to this thing. How do you guys think it will be? Smooth sailing through calm seas, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As we know from experience, satire always goes over well. Yeah, everyone gets it. Mm-hmm. All in on the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But no, trust me when I say that this is going to be quite the follow-up. So you're going to want to hear that ending. Cool. But 
that is uh that's gonna do it for today. Leave everyone with that cliffhanger. Um I'm Columbin. Sorry. Uh, wait, no, sorry. Hit my pop filter there. <laughs> Keep wake everybody up. Yeah, follow follow us at Columbin. Uh what's the name what's the actual website? Is it just like uh columbinegame.com. Yeah, if you want to go check it out and download it and play it, uh no, <laughs> it, I'm just is, it, I know, it is still I, up posted. I, I yeah, yeah I don't know. if you're looking for something to do in the week between these episodes sure. yeah. download that game it's three yeah. and a half hours long it's, tr- it's read read his statement because it's real good and it doesn't make me hate him more yeah I, I get a little more of that into the you can read it if you want is in the that next sarcasm episode. yeah <laughs> what it was it's satire oh okay <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, that's um, kind of that shield. If you discovered this podcast randomly because you're a big Columbine fan or whatever, <laughs> uh, we have a lot of other episodes. <laughs> I'm glad uh, we could get something in at the very end. Uh, uh, our other obvious, except for maybe one other less harsh topic. Oh, right. Yeah, um, I'm the, that's why I'm the mass shooting expert on yeah. the show now, apparently. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, yes. everywhere else. You can review us on there. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram, and a Twitter, all at uh, Hot Button Cast. Yeah. Venmo so us. It's our handle. No. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Hit us up on PayPal. Our name is Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, Let's come back next week. We'll be back. <laughs>